0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Log. Sorry, that was the old name. This is the Kiro Film Society, and I am Pastor Neil Wemus. Uh, it's been a while since I've recorded anything. Uh, the last time I recorded, in case you don't know, was some point in July ish. Uh, back in July, I had the youth. Between the National Youth Gathering in July, being sick most of August. And September, just being crazy as it usually is because of the start of the school year. You know, I go to a lot of stuff with our high schools. I go to, um, with confirmation, Sunday school, all these things starting up. I've just been, just having not had the time. So today I'm getting back in the saddle, getting back to recording. And so we're going to start up with a Ghostbusters theme. So if you listen at the very beginning, right to there, that was the actual Ghostbusters theme. In case you don't know, this is the main title composed by Elmer Bernstein, who uh, is actually one of the all-time great composers. He composed the great, um, you know, great soundtracks or great uh, scores such as you know, Magnificent Seven. Um, so, anyways. We're going to review all three Ghostbusters movies that have been made. All three of them, that's right. So, and we're going to go right in order of when they came out, and it, I kind of was hesitant to go in order. Actually, I take that back. We're not going in order. We're going to start with the brand new one. And there's a reason I'm going to start with the new one, is, and that's because I want to start on a half... I want to end... On a more positive note, because I'm going to straight up say, you, you, what I'm going to say of the third of this new movie, um, of the new Ghostbusters, the one that came out back in July, uh, came out in theaters. It's just now coming out on digital uh, download, and I think it's going to be on DVD pretty soon. My review is not going to be positive at all, very much at all, and so it's for that reason, I'm going to start with that. Because I don't want to end on a negative note today. So, uh, let's begin. So, to kick things off, we are going, I'm going to play the trailer uh, for um, the 2000, the Ghostbusters movie that came out this past summer. So, here we go. That's okay. She seems peaceful. My name is Erin Gilbert, doctor of particle physics. (laughs) That stuff went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Very hard to wash off. We've dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. You're a brilliant engineer. Aaron, no one's better at quantum physics than you. We can provide a real service. I'm joining the club. You guys are really smart about this science stuff, but I know New York and I can borrow a car from my uncle. Uh, you didn't disclose that the vehicle was going to be a hearse. It's a Cadillac. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh Did you want to? I'll so, let you. I'll let you. you. Next time. Okay. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity, and we might be the only ones who can stop it. Holtzman, come on. The hat is too much, right? Is it the wig or the hat? There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. So that was the trailer for um, the movie that came out on July 15th of 2016. That was uh, the newest Ghostbusters movie. And so I just watched it for the first time a few days ago. I wanted to give it, uh, so I've, I kind of come with the assumption that the movie was going to be bad. and Because I heard the responses from multiple people. And I thought, you know, this, there's nothing good for this. And then I stopped to think, you know, I haven't seen the movie. I didn't give it a chance. And so I sat down and watched it. And for a few moments, I was able to say, well, it's not as good as the first, but I can live with this. But very quickly, it just degraded as through the movie went. And and here's the thing is, first off, understand whenever you do a remake of anything, anything, you are inevitably... Going to be compared to what you are remaking. Alright? You cannot play this. Don't put, compare us to the original. I'm sorry. But the minute you called your movie The Ghostbusters, you were going to get compared to the original. Just as, you know, a month later, Ben Hur came out, which, who. Who had the idea to remake Ben Hur, one of the greatest movies in the history of cinema? But, anyways, that's a completely another topic. But you know, a month later, Ben Hur came out, and people compared it. Go back several years. Go back to Godfather Three. One of the challenges with Godfather Three was that it was the third in the third installment of. That followed up two of the greatest movies in the history of cinema. I mean, Godfather is regarded as one of the top three movie, you know, three movies of all time. And you think you know, Godfather Two is probably the top twenty, according to AFI. Um, and you know, you can debate which one was better, Godfather One or Two, and that's a debate. I kind of think Godfather One was the better, but anyways, it's another subject. But when they came up with that third one. It was inevitably compared. Ghost Star Wars when they come up with the prequels, when they come up with Episode Seven and Episode Eight later, and Rogue One, which is coming out in the in December. It's going to for ev- every single Star Wars movie that comes out is going to be compared to A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. That's just the way it's going to be. All right. So the same thing here with Ghostbusters. You come out with a movie, you title it Ghostbusters, it's going to get compared to the original two. So you cannot play this cop out. No other movie gets to do that. And just because... And so, just because it's not politically correct in this day and age to go do that, it's reality. You make this movie, call it Ghostbusters, it's going to get compared to Ghostbusters. And so... And here's the thing, that movie, here's the thing with the new Ghostbusters that came out, you know, the one that came out in July, is, okay, everybody already knew the controversy that came out. It came out, the trailer people did not react, um, I mean there's, I'm looking at this trailer that I just played, there's a million, million downvotes on it, alright? One of the most disliked trailers in the history of YouTube, alright? And, and some of it they blame, well, it looks like, people were making it look like it was a, an extension of the original Ghostbusters. Honestly, after having seen the movie, I think they could have, it might have made the movie better. Maybe if they made, okay, so the story is as if the original Ghostbusters never happened. They acknowledge it here and there. You know, they give these uh, little cameos and nods to the original movie throughout. But it's nothing like the original. And I mean that in a bad way. I don't mean like it's trying to be its own movie. I mean it's nothing like it. And yeah, it's trying to be its own movie, but it's trying being its own movie is exactly what's wrong with is a lot of its problems. It's not because it's an all female cast, cuz that's the thing. This is the thing that start the movie the the debate the the huge dispute came up because it was an all female cast. And yes, there are some people who are very misogynistic about this, but there are some people, feminists, who are being very misogynistic about it. And explain to you what I mean by them being misogynist is here in cinema lately in the last couple of years when it comes to Hollywood, they've been starting to treat being a girl and and something also being black. By the way, only black. The only race that matters in our politically correct society seems to be black. Nobody talks about Hispanics. Nobody talks about Asians or Indians or any other races. It's all black because that's the only. And by the way, when they say black, I mean African American because they don't give a hoot about black Afri- The blacks are actually in Africa. It's all about African Americans. They're the ones of the politically top notch. Even though the Hispanic population the way it's growing is going to eventually be, if it isn't already, it's going to eventually be bigger than the African-American population, all right? So, but here's the thing, is that Hollywood treats being black or being a woman as if it's a handicap. You know, it's like, I mean, the ghost, this movie that came out, you look at the, after watching that movie, if that had been an all-male cast, and pretend the entire script's exactly the same, you know, the, the girls, instead of all f- four girls, there's four guys. And flip-flop your secretary, the assistant, which, instead of being a guy assistant, it would be... Actually, just gender swap every single character in that movie. Alright? Let's pretend we did that. If that would happen, this movie would have been ripped into mercilessly by the media. But the thing was that the whole media came out and said, if you don't like this movie, you're a sexist. See, that's how low we think of women in movies. That we cannot let them stand on their own laurels, their own abilities, their own skills, their own strengths. We have to give them a help and say, you can't like them. If you don't like them, you don't like girls. You don't like women. You hate women. No, it's because I think that women... In order for a woman to have a good movie, it actually has to be good. And yes, there are a lot of all female movies that are good. It doesn't. Being a woman does not necessarily mean you're going to have. Women need to be held to the same standard as men. I'm sorry, but they have to. If you want equality, they ha, a woman has to have the same standard as a man. That's it. If you you cannot just give. This handicap—it's a good. You gotta remember, they're just women, you know. They can't do as well as men, so we gotta. Te- so what we need to do is we gotta go out and tell somebody, everyone, they're misogynists, that they don't like this woman movie. No, it's not a handicap, right? Neither is being black. You do the same thing with African American because, um, especially when you do this little the race swap thing unnecessarily. Okay, so I'm so, an example of this. Was Fantastic Four last year? They they race-swapped the Human Torch. Now, here's the thing. When they did that, it would not be that big of a deal, but in order to actually... They should have also done a race-swap with Invisible Woman. But they didn't. See, they wanted to be politically correct. I mean, why did they get um, an African-American Reed Richards there being absolutely no controversy the, the controversy would have been almost zilch but the problem was when they race swapped the human torch right away they had necessitated a change in the in the narrative they changed the story because the problem is is that you know, Sue Storm and Johnny Storm are brother and sister and so when you made one black and one white, you had to change the, story, the backstory. And the thing is, is it really doesn't help. If you are all, if you just wanted to get a black character in there and you wanted a race swap, why not put in a Reed Richards? Honestly, I think Denzel Washington would be an awesome Reed Richards. They're going to do a good Fantastic Four movie. If they want to do a race swap, that would be a great one. You don't have to change the story skin color doesn't matter to the story unless when you have brother and sister then you have to deal with genetic problems all right so that was the problem i mean and neither of them look like they're mixed race so it doesn't work like well one, one was a black father one was a white mother neither of them were mixed so they couldn't even play that game so it was a bad move on there and so like i said this is an example this is something that just keeps happening this is happening in comic books why is this why are we treating being black or being a woman like it's a handicap you know the we think by doing this race swap just for the sake of doing a race swap or doing a gender swap just for the sake of doing a gender swap is innate is strengthening it isn't what you're communicating By doing this with you know like with Ghostbusters, switching them all out to female. Now, this would have worked if it wasn't a reboot. This actually would have worked if the trailer part of that trailer would have been right, where it was actually an extension. Like four women saw the exploits of you know the original four and they're like, you know, you know, be like, you know, you know, it's been many years. They've been out of business, and we've been hearing, you know, spiritual stuff going on. Bad things have been going on, and we need a new Ghostbusters. Who says they gotta be manless? Why don't we do it? And it would be a continuation, like they're inspired. That would work. That would have worked wonderful. But instead, what they did is they completely swapped it, they rebooted and replaced everything. The problem by doing that. Is it is a communication that you know women cannot have a successful movie, they cannot have a good hero, or whatever, unless they ride on the backs of the man. You know, they can't really do successful unless men build the popularity, and once men have built up the popularity, then only then can men, women do anything. I'm to let you in on a secret. I I my favorite. Sh- still probably my favorite TV series ever, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Guess what? Buffy was always a woman. That, that was actually key to, that was a central part of the story. And you know what they, Joss Whedon wrote a great, great characters. Didn't have to, it was evidence, you know, a woman can be a good, act, good character. Go watch Jessica Jones on Netflix. Another character. Inherently female. Great character. You don't have to do this gender or race swapping junk without reason. And it's honestly, it is making women and pe- and African Americans look weak, like they cannot do. You can't. It's like, well, we can't really create a good original female character. They're just not as strong as men. And, say, and black people, they're just not as strong as whites or Asians or Hispanics. it's notice. Again, yeah, nobody ever swaps out Asian... Does the... Swap with Asians... It's, although they might whitewash Asian stories. Nobody cares, it seems. But... You know, they do these things. They're like... It's just kind of like... You know, the white white guy isn't as good. The You know, white... and Black people aren't as strong as white people. Or... Women are not as strong as men. So we gotta... We need to make sure we get a care... We need to get the man... We need the white man... To get the ball rolling, and once they do, then we could put in the girls, okay? Girls can't get, build up a character all on their own, you know? That's the way Hollywood is working these days. That's the way a lot of things are working. A horrible, horrible underestimation of what you could do with a good female character, with a good... Af- and race doesn't mean diddly squat. So, I mean, it's... This is a problem... This movie reflects a major psychological problem in our country. Our political correctness has turned us more racist, more sexist than we were before. In their defense of feminism and the defense of equality, that actually, the gap is widening. So, I know that didn't really get into the movie. The problems with the movie is not just that. I mean, also the fact it's extremely sexist towards the men... Watch the movie. I'm serious. Watch the twenty sixteen movie. Find for me a male character that's actually positively portrayed, not including that few seconds of um You know, Winston Zedmore. Well not actually him, but I'm every brain fart on the actor name. Ernie Hudson. That brave right moment you have him at the end. He was kind of a positive character. But he was a quick cameo at the very, very end of the movie. Outside of that, I cannot think of one positive male character in the entire movie everyone is either mean stupid or evil or whatever corrupt not a single positive male role in the entire movie and that is misandry and nobody cares if you had all the female characters represented that way, in the movie it was all male cast. They would have been torn a new butthole by the media and by critics for doing it. And so, the move beyond this, the movie has sloppy writing. You know, you have the two main, you have those the two head characters, and I, I got to pull up the. Internet Movie Database, so I get the actors' names right. And, so you got the main characters, you got, um, so you got Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy's character. Those two, you know, you, you're told, repeatedly, that these two are really good friends. You're told it. It's explained to you. It reminded me of Star Wars episode two, where they had to explain to you the close relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin, rather than actually just showing it. That's bad writing, and I don't know if that's an indictment on modern film writing or not. But seriously, you don't have to t- explain it. The good writers don't explain that two people are close together. You show it. All right. That's right off the bat sloppy writing. The character, it's, it's, it's campy. It's ridiculous humor, the, the, the slime. It looks like I'm watching an episode of uh, oh, some of those episodes, shows on Nickelodeon. What was that one where they, if somebody said the word of the day, they dropped slime on them. I can't remember the name of the show, but that's what it looked like I was watching. It was so ridiculous. It was not even, it was, the humor was just off-the-wall humor. And, and again, like I said, you're, when you go back to that thing, you call the Ghostbusters, you're going to get compared to the original. And like I said, so that's, we have a standard of comedies established by the first two movies. And this movie is going on to a completely kind of, different kind of comedy that ruins the movie. It take, makes the movie not serious. It makes you not want to care about it. You don't care about... I had troubles caring about any of these characters. And by the way, that's not on the actors. I'm not blaming these wa- actors there. This is a problem with the writing. This is a problem with directing. I mean, and even the side characters. The mayor is a, ridiculous. He's, he's cartoonish. And I realize it's a movie about busting ghosts, but... I mean, there's a point. There's You can find a way to make it work so you can take the character seriously. And this movie doesn't do that. I mean, the whole scene at the end, like towards the end, there's a scene where the main villain is uh, doing this dance on the... You know, he's getting all the cops and the soldiers dancing. That's, that's so that's stupid. The... It was awful. Honestly, the movie was just flat out a bad movie on every scale. You know, the critics, I cannot believe... Okay, I'm going to give... It, here, to show you how much people let this movie off, the, the critics review, critics cassette it says, Ghostbuster does an impressive job of standing on its own as a freewheeling, marvelously cast, supernatural comedy even if it can't help but pale somewhat in comparison with the classic original. 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. The fans gave it 56%. The second, Ghostbusters 2, which I'm going to review in a little bit, is had 51%. I'm sorry, Ghostbusters 2 was not a great... Granted, you have to give give to the fact that Ghostbusters 2 was... Reviewed by largely much different critics, we're talking about um, close to almost thirty years ago that um, that movie came out. So naturally, that probably creates some of the differences in the reviews. But it was, it really wasn't um, as good. Of, it was much. Ghostbusters two was a better movie than Ghost. This new Ghostbusters, and what I could compare it to. Is actually a bad a worse version of episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones, when it came out, said is was 65%. And it says, you know, Attack of the Clones benefits from an increased emphasis on thrilling action, although they're once again undercut by ponderous plot points and underdeveloped characters. See <coughs> underdeveloped characters? Definitely. A problem in the new Ghostbusters. All across the board, bad, poorly developed characters, no doubt. The plot, weak. Very weak plot. Um, Action. I mean, kind of. The problem with their action, though, is that all their action seasons are pushed to the ludicrous. Side, push to the ridiculous side. And so anything, any good action moments is stripped away by making it ridiculous looking. And making these weird comedy moments, these bad comedy moments. Everything that you would want to make the movie. I mean, all those things that Attack of the Clones 2 did to redeem itself, to keep itself at least at 65% of Rotten Tomatoes, what's it there in? the new ghostbusters for that attack of the clones got sixty five percent honestly from what I've seen what I saw of ghost of this new ghostbusters is maybe worthy of a thirty forty percent based on what I saw it just was not a good movie and yet it this is i mean you know I talk about in this podcast we analyze movies and this is this is an analysis of our culture is how we reacted to this movie that it got 72% and the reason is is because it was a female cast and so fem- women are treated as a handicap and for that reason they got better reviews than it would have otherwise. I guarantee it. If that movie is an all male cast and even if you were to pull out the misandry and decide to you know, actually have the female characters positive it would still be a bad movie. You know, the misan- the mis- misandry in the movie, um, the male-hating, is, you know, it just adds to what was already bad in the movie. So it's just not a good film. And the worldview in it is obvious, hard feminism, hard misandry. Man-hating feminists, pretty much summarizes the movie. Ironically, given the fact that it's written, Well, actually, is directed by uh, a man, but it was, the primary writer was a woman. So, like I said, that's what I saw in that movie, and it wasn't good. So with that, we're going to transition to Ghostbusters 2. And like I said, I want to end on a positive note, which is why we're moving on to the Ghostbusters 2, because... <laughs> I want to end with the best of the franchise, so here we go. Here is the trailer for Ghostbusters 2. Look, here? Hey! <laughs> My dad says you guys are full of crap. since they saved the world. The psychic on theater How is he these days? Well, he was borderline for a while. Then he crossed the border. <laughs> <laughs> They've been put down. They think you're a fraud. I am a fraud. Put away. This is a danger! We think they're seriously disturbed. And put on trial. I would have you! Face it, Ghostbusters doesn't exist. <laughs> what will it take to make the world believe again? <laughs> Have you been out on the street lately? Do you know how weird it is out there? The dead will rise. The Titanic just arrived. Literally the new. The demons will wait. Evil will flow. Slide. It's a river of slime! It's like pure concentrated evil. Evil? Treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. You ignorant, disgusting twat! <laughs> this stuff responds to human emotional states. <laughs> but when the slime hits the wall, who are you gonna call? Get me the Ghostbusters, you donut! Ghostbusters, yes, we're back. It's slime time. It's been a couple of years since we used this stuff, but it still works. Wow. Bill Murray, I don't put any of those old cheap moves. I have all new cheap moves. Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, and Ernie Hudson in an Ivan Reitman film. We're hey, the beautiful. we the only Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2. The second the guts, guys, with the Ghostbusters. Alright, so that is the trailer for Ghostbusters 2. Uh, a couple of comments just right off the bat, just from that trailer, comparing the first, those two. I will admit that... Um, that... Uh, first Ghostbusters movie, um, or the one that just came out in 2016, had a better trailer. Um, I was just saying quality. Ghostbusters just shows kind of the evolution of film trailers since the 1980s, 1990s, or late 80s in that case. And they've definitely gotten better. Um, but that is, and also another thing you heard a little bit of it in there. The new Ghostbusters film, the Ghostbusters 2 had a good soundtrack in my opinion. Uh, the movies, that, the song, music that was in there. Um, I think it was even better than the original, and that's saying something because the first movie had the original Ghostbusters movie had a good soundtrack, but I think Ghostbusters Two had a better one. Um a lot of songs are really upbeat, really easy to get into. They're kind of songs that you if you're having a good dance, a good party, they're kind of the songs that feel like you gotta have playing. Uh, so anyways, Ghostbusters Two is it's, it's I think even more so. The, the definitely more so than the 2016 version is sitting in the shadow of its, its predecessor of the original film and the reason is because is the original film was only 5 years earlier all right, and so and the original film was a huge hit and we're going to get to in a little bit how well that movie really was made how well it was done so Ghostbusters 2 coming out cannot escape the comparisons. Um, It doesn't have the whole we got a brand new female cast as the new one did to get off the um, comparison hook. Nothing got it off its hook and that's the reason why this movie, I remember when it came out of theaters. It wasn't well received. Everybody talked about just wasn't very good. Just wasn't as good as the first. That was everything everyone was saying. And you know, watch, looking back on it, that's true. It wasn't as good as the first, but watching it now, and with um, 2016 eyes, it's really not that bad. It's not as bad as the critics uh, panned it uh, several years ago, back in 1989. The reason is, is the reason, the weakness in it is I do notice at points the dialogue is weaker, and you know that complaint that I had about the new movie. Where they explain plots to you. Ghostbusters 2 kind of fell, falls into that at a few points. And that kind of go, hurts it a little bit. Because they're trying... And I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to fill in the gaps between the first movie and the second movie. But uh, it kind of weakens the script at points. And... You know, it's uncharacteristic of a movie that's written by Harold Ramis, in my opinion. Uh, One of the greatest screenplay writers of all, one of the best comedy screenplay writers of all time. Uh, So there's some weak moments in terms of that, script writing. Uh, But you still had a lot of the charm. You still had some of those good moments. And the plot, I think, was was actually a good plot. Uh, I like the villain. the The dialogue of the villain was just kind of creepy. Uh, here, I'm gonna actually play that for, for a second here. find me a all right so there's the quick there's the intro the first time you meet Vigo the the main Vigo the Carpathian the main villain of the movie and as you notice the speech is kind of dark and evil and kind of Um, and weird, satanic poetry. And I think it makes for him him being a good villain. Uh, Which kind of does actually create a contrast from the original movie. The original movie, the villain was Gozer. And Gozer, you don't actually see Gozer until the very end. And there's a reason I think that, because the first movie was about the Ghostbusters. It wasn't about um, Gozer. The second movie was about where are the guys now, but it also was very much about Vigo, and so that's why he plays a more prominent role I think um, than Gozer did in their first movie and and I think he did I think he was a good well done character. Um, the actor I think brought that sinister voice and sinister look and so uh, I thought that was that worked well in the movie. I liked some of the comedic moments you heard one of them in the trailer I always found it was a funny moment. Where you have this whole thing where they're going the all these phone calls are coming into the police, and they get one. He goes, He says, Sir, I think you got to handle this one. What? I'm busy. What? This man going down crazy downtown. What is it? He says, The Titanic just arrived. And you see the picture of the Titanic, and then they show um, Cheech Marin, I think it was. And he goes, Well, better late than never as he's watching the uh, ship on full unload and so, you know it's a I thought it's kind of a funny historic history moment and so things like you know there's that moment and um, it's got it's got some good comedy moments and it's not ridiculous comedy and this is one of the things that set out set the original ghostbusters from the new one. Ghostbusters had comedy, but it was not over the top it was all, a lot of times it was subtle, it was witty and that co- time it was it was goofy, but it was different it was a history goofy and but even still it was tied and it made it worked with the plot that something really weird is going on because of what Vigo's doing and so um there's a lot of things that the second movie does well. Like I said, it's not as good as the first, but it's definitely better than the new one. And, you know, if I were to, you know, in my 2016 eyes, I would say that the second movie, uh, I'd kind of probably give it maybe a three and a half stars. Uh, The the new movie, I'd say, is probably one and a half. I mean, yeah, I think it was that bad of a movie. And then... There is the newest one. Then there's the original Ghostbusters, and that is where we're going to segue into now. And here is the original trailer. Ghosts. They're real. You do? They're mean. You have? They're here. (laughs) Ghostbusters. Hey, every see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. (gasps) They're armed. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Eager. They're professionals. I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. For a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. There- fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Pass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this fire? Is this a trick question? <laughs> hey, Bring hard Ready. Ghostbusters Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd Sigourney Weaver Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis Ghostbusters We came, we saw, we kicked it Alright, so there you go. That's the uh, trailer for Ghostbusters uh, from 1984. Uh, one of the That's one of my favorite movies of all time, so you can pretty much guarantee this is going to be a glowing review. So I'm going to start off, and I'm going to do some comparison to the original movie, and I said I would, but I'm going to not deal, dwell into that too much. But... I watched this movie after having watched the new one, and it honestly made me appreciate this one more. Because one of the po- things I've been noticing on the internet is becoming popular to talk about. Well, Ghostbusters was just a really overrated movie. It's really not as good as everyone talks. You know, that's the popular thing that people are starting to do. And I, I rewatched the movie, and honestly, I th- I think it's better than I thought it was. And. It's in this, it's just, I mean, you take the movie. So the very first scene in the movie, you had the first ghost. The way the first ghost shows up, it's just, it shows you nothing. You just left to imagine what that, that little, old that librarian saw. And it wasn't, one of the things I should actually mention right here, this is something I think it's uh, kind of interesting is that between the first movie and the second movie, and this, is, this is not really so much a criticism on the new movie, I mean, but it's, it's actually a criticism kind of actually in general on new movies, is that I actually think that sometimes the grain of the old movies, like Ghostbusters, I think it actually looks better than the high-def grain look that we now see. The, the lighting, the coloring of the original Ghostbusters... This is just a camera work thing. I think it looked better. The, it did not, f- when that little old lady, the very first thing you see is this little librarian walking through the library, and things start going wild. And it's, it's this slow, you hear the music, and the grain, it's, it, it's, it feels a little bit more gritty. It, it honestly, it's weird to think about this, but it actually felt more real. I know that sounds weird. It's not high definition, it's not crystal imaging, but it felt more down to earth. It felt more real than the crystal clear picture that you see in the new one. And so that, it's just a subtle thing. And when you first see that ghost, well, you don't actually see it. The first, when she sees it, but you don't see it, you're left to imagine it. And I loved it. You know, it, it's a very good start. And then you, the first time you see our her heroes, you see Bill Murray. You realize he's a bit, a uh, bit uh, scandalous, uh, sleazy. You know, he, <laughs> I mean, I mean you take that opening scene where you see him doing this little experiment with this girl and this guy. And what he's doing, yeah, it's probably, you know what he's doing isn't right. And that's the point. That's not comedic if, if what he was doing was wrong. I mean, if, his, if what he was doing was moral and was something that you should do, I don't think it would have been as funny. But because he was doing what he should have done, there's kind of a comedy to the, what he was doing. And so he's got this, you know, these two, pe- these two students. And he's doing this test, I like for five bucks. And the brilliance of this writing, this is a case of brilliant writing. Where he explains what he's doing, and you realize, based on the sequence of the scene, that he is actually, his theory is correct. Because what he was doing was checking on the, negative, the the effect of negative reinforcement on ESP, right? And so this guy, at the beginning, doesn't, doesn't get him right. And then as he's getting shocked, he finally gets an answer right. The girl, meanwhile, is never shocked. And she never gets anything right. Thus, showing that negative reinforcement made him better. So it's a very clever little writing. But the thing was that we know why he picked the girl to do it. Because he's hoping he could, you know, get some alone time with her. That's why he picked the girl to do it instead of to be the one not being shocked instead of the girl, the guy. But his theory was being proved right. And so, like I said, that's good writing. And... You know, you have uh, Dan Aykroyd's character come in. Ray Stans comes in. And he's not... He doesn't have to go, hello, best friend for such and such years. He's like, this is great! This is definitely great! And it's... <coughs> you know, they you don't have to be explained that they're friends. It's obvious. The relationship between him and Aykroyd and... You know, you know, so between Peter, Ray, and Egon, it's obvious. They show it. They don't have to tell it. They don't explain it to you. Although they kind of do, I mean, they do a little bit of explaining here and there, more so to explain that Egon's a little on the weird side. And they kind of do that in Ghostbusters too, but they don't dwell on it. The relationship, though, they don't have to demonstrate the relationship. But they don't have to tell you about it. They demonstrate. They show it. You can sense it. And that's one of the things that made Ghostbusters such a good movie. I'm sorry, but part of the thing that made the movie good was that it was a guy movie. It was a bunch of guys getting together and doing stupid stuff. You know? And guys being guys. And that's actually one of the charms of the movie. And... I I hate to say that I know that's going to sound like I'm being misogynist as if, you know, guys can't have guy movies, but so it's okay to have. Sorry, not going to go into that issue again. I've already been there, but I mean that's what it, that was one of the charms of it, and <clears throat> you know later in the movie Winston Zedmore comes in, played by Ernie Hudson, and his character is a little bit disconnected, but that makes sense. He was originally part of the the club. He was a guy that came in. He just needed a job. And that was it. like, you know, he says, you know, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you say. You know, that, that's it. It's just a guy that needs a job. That's it. And makes for a, <clears throat> Again, makes sense why his character plays the way it does. Um, and here's another thing. You know, they didn't have the straight character in the movie. But I mean, they didn't have a straight character in the, in the new movie. In this one, you had Bill Murray. Even though Bill Murray was a scientist, you know, as um, Scorning Weaver's character later, Dana, would remark, is like, you don't seem like a scientist. And that's the truth. He didn't feel like a scientist. He was the in for the audience. He was the guy that looked at Ray and Egon like they're a bunch of weirdos at times. And they played it again in the second movie. That was one of the charms of him. That, he was needed. He You had... I think without Bill Murray's character in the movie, I don't think Ghostbusters would have been as good. He was essential to a good written story. And... <clears throat> I mean, like I said, the movie had... The... The plot was kind of imaginative. Um, I don't know if the villain... I think the... Like I said before, I think the second movie might have had a slightly... And I guess that's debatable, but I kind of liked Vigo a little bit more. The only thing, weakness in Vigo, I think, the slime was overdid in the second movie, but honestly, because I'm in 2016, especially after seeing 2000, the newest Ghostbusters movie, it really doesn't look bad at all. So, aside from that, uh, you know, it's it was a good movie, just well-written, um, you know, Case in point, you know, there's a scene in the movie where they're quoting a Bible verse. And it's uh, from Revelation six twelve is the actual verse, but they quoted as Revelation seven twelve in the movie. And at first I thought, you know, the movie got it wrong. Or so the question is, did the movie just was that a case of ignorance? Or was it good writing? And I think it was good character write. Because here's the thing, is Dan Aykroyd's character, so Ray Stans, does not come off as a character that's regularly in church. And he you kind of get that conveyed from his, uh, I mean, his, yeah, the question, was, it was spawned by the question from Winston. He says, do you believe in God? He says, never met him. Which explains why when he got to that verse, he quoted that verse, he quoted it wrong. Because somebody who's not a Christian... Who isn't regularly in church is not going to correctly quote that verse, and so that's what happened. He misquoted the verse number. That's good writing. Um, and so this leads me into the worldviews of the movies. I already dealt very heavily with the worldview of uh, of the new movie, so I'm not going to even go into there. So I'm going to primarily deal with the first and second movie. There's there's a connecting worldview in both of those. The first connecting worldview is that, and this is one that is a perhaps that looks like it could be there, but I don't think is actually an intended worldview. Ghostbusters was written kind of um, in the dying years of modernity, and but it's definitely a modernist film, and so you have this story of these scientific these uh, spiritual, supernatural. Um, Creatures terrorizing the city, and so how did they defeat it? Science, and so it's the story of science overcoming the spiritual. Now, one might be asking, is this a science versus religion thing? And honestly, I don't think so. And the reason is is the because the positive portrayals of the religious people, um, you have. You have positive. I mean, you actually do have. You had that. You have the cardinal that shows up in the meeting with the mayor. You have. Um, you know the the rabbis outside praying. You have the moment where he says, "Nobody steps on a church in my town." A line that I'm convinced would not be in any movie now, because they're like, "Way to step on a church! We should really like him." That's probably the way we react nowadays. The way we've become. Um, You know, the the exchange about the verse, about the dead rising from the graves, um, Ernie Hudson relating, uh, referencing the Gospel of Matthew. And so moments like this makes me believe that this is not actually an anti-religion thing. Rather, I kind of see it as an idea that knowledge combats evil spirituality, combats the bad. And so it's not against religion, but against bad religion, bad spirituality, against evil things. And so the idea is that knowledge or science overcomes what is evil and what is bad. That's the kind of what I'm seeing in it. And I don't know if that's intent, if I'm right on that, but that's kind of a possible worldview um, extending between both movies. But there is another thing that I found that's interesting, is in the All three Ghostbusters movies has a common thread of villainy. In the new Ghostbusters, I've already talked about the common thread of villainy is that they're men. I mean, seriously. Watch it. The common thread in there is all of the villains are men. However, and, and, and by the way, I should also note that Not only men, but men who have been bullied. It's kind of interesting that the movie... Pretty much... Ironically, the new movie also... um, Pokes at victims of bullying. Because that's kind of... That's another trend in our society that... um, The victims of bullying... We... We grieve over victims of bullying if they are gay... Or female, but otherwise, we don't, you know, we tell them to stick up, suck it up, or whatever. I'm sorry, that's the way our society's become, and that movie kind of furthers that theory. But the second movie, you have a common thread of villainy, and that is in how we treat one another. And there's an irony, isn't it? There's an irony. The first, the new movie, the villain, the major characteristic of the villain was not, I mean, he was a man. Admittedly, that was not the major characteristic of that villain. But the major characteristic is that he was bullied. The major characteristic of the villains in the second movie was bullies. The bullies were the villains. People who tore down others, they're rude, inconsistent, uncaring. You see that almost at the very beginning of the movie. You see this um, lady getting mad at this guy, and you know you're like, "Can you watch where you're going?" Yeah, what? Yeah, what other buddy? You know the other thing with the the New York stereotypical New York accent, and um, you have a lot of angry exchanges between people. You have this scene and that um, Egon is testing to see the effects of um negative emotion on temperatures and things like that you have all these things in the movie there's pointing and it's like and it even comes out in the mayor it's like here I'll actually, i'm gonna play that scene in the movie if i could find it hold on a second what is this a slumber party Well, that's what we're talking about. I don't want to hear anything about it. You've got two minutes. Make it good. Well, uh, first of all, Mr. Mayor, it's a great pleasure to see you again. And we'd just like to say that almost 50% of us voted for you in the last election. I appreciate that. I'm just sorry we have to always meet under these circumstances. Mr. Mayor, we're here tonight because a psychomagnetheric slime flow of immense proportions is building up beneath the city. Psycho-what? magnet Big, Big word. Negative human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. Does anybody speak English here? Uh, yeah, you, your honor. See, what we're trying to tell you is like, all the bad feelings, I mean, all the hate, the anger, and violence of this city is turning into this sludge. Nah, I didn't believe it at first either, but we just went for a swim in it, and we ended up almost killing each other. This is insane. I mean, do we really have to listen to this? Can't you stop your lips from flapping for two little minutes? Lenny, have you been out on the street lately? Do you know how weird it is out there? We've taken our own head count. There seem to be three million completely miserable assholes living in the tri-state area. Please. I beg your pardon, three million and one. Hey. And what Budgie Brain here doesn't realize is that if we don't do something fast, this whole place is going to blow like a frog on a hot plate. Yeah, right. What am I supposed to do? Go on television and tell 10 million people they have to be nice to each other? Being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. Your two minutes are up. Good night, gentlemen. So there you go, from that scene from the ma- with the mayor, which by the way, there's another strength in the movies. The mayor is much, much stronger in this movie than he was in the other in um, the new one, but he is much more realistic. He took it seriously, and that is a strength of these movies: is that they are not over the top. They're not that ridiculous. It's they're trying. They tried their best to keep this supernatural movie um, grounded, and that's and that's got to be commended. And I think, and, and as I mentioned before, I think the qual the film, the filming the. The grit that they have there, the grain, I think adds to that. But anyways, in that scene, you hear it. This is the theme of the movie. Is people being miserable, treating each other like crud. Treating people like crap. Sorry, I'll just say it. And and it's ironic. Because, you know, give what I said about that for the new movie. The villain in the new movie is somebody who's treated like crap. And he's pretty much victimized. And here's the thing is the girls, when he tells it to the girl, he's talking to the girls, like, so are we. It's basically, hey, suck it up. You know, (laughs) I'm going to let you know that's awful counseling, just so you know. When somebody has been treated like crap and they're being torn down, our reaction shouldn't be, suck it up. Ra- which, by the way, if you don't realize, it's a, in a way you're contributing to the bullying. You're saying you're weak. Deal with it. They're right to pick on you because there's something wrong with you, huh? You tell people to suck it up. We're bullying. We're falling right into the problem. We're at. We're piling on. When instead. We should be like, hey, yeah, we should be simply, yeah, it sucks. You know, I've been there too. You know, I, I, I hear you. It's, it's not good. I don't like it when people treat me like that. It makes life hard. makes you not want to go to school. makes you not want to go to work. You know, you've sympath- you empathize with people. And here's the thing. You also build them up and say, listen. You know, don't listen to them. You're a good person. I like you. I see these things that you do. You do this. You do that. And you lift the person up. To be nice to one another. The irony in the new movie is that that's what they do. Is they condemn him for feeling... I mean, yeah, his reaction's obviously wrong. Because he's wanting to do all these awful things. But they, they pretty much condemn him. F- they don't empathize... With the fact that he was being bullied, instead they kind of just said, "Hey," in essence said, "Suck it up." And so, in this movie, and like I said, it's irony that it goes against the message that was actually in the second movie. That in the second movie, you have these characters, and it's the whole story, is that they don't... um, is that the whole city is negative on one another. That was in 1989, by the way. Think about what our nation is like right now. Look at how negative we are to one another. How we're tearing each other apart. And... Look at our election season. You know, right now, we have two... Look at the way they're acting on national stage last Sunday. So this is, you know, a very... kind of relevant. So that's the second movie. In the first movie, you have another theme amongst the villains. So in this movie, in the first movie, the villains were... Or the second movie, all the villains were, like I said, the... Negative vibes, being mean, rude to one another. And the response is, loving one another. And that's, and by the way, that's why they picked the movie to happen during New Year's. Because the song of New Year's, which is, um, Old Lang sign, which, let me, um, read that. It says... When mistletoe and tinsel glow paint a Yuletide Valentine, back home I go to those I know for Christmas Old Lang Sign. And as we gather round the tree, our voices all combine in sweet accord to thank our Lord for Christmas Old Lang Sign. What's. Uh, hold on. Wait, well, that is not the one I needed. Sorry. Somebody slipped me up and gave me... I was, I was like, that does not sound like it at all. Uh, it's because it isn't it. Um, so, okay, here it is. Should the acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should the acquaintance be forgot and old sign? And so here's the thing is that you hear in here, um, we'll take a cup of kindness yet. Um, we, too ha- we too have run about the slopes and picked a daisy's thine, and we have wandered many a weary foot. So it's all about this kindness, being friendly to one another with the new year, turning over a new leaf and living in kindness and generosity towards one another. That's why this movie takes place at New Year's. And it goes with the theme the villainy, the theme of that villain, and that's encouragement. That's what defeats the villain, is positive. Being loving and kind to one another. All right, so <clears throat> this leads to... the So the original movie, kind of similar, but the main villains in the original movie not goes or goes as just... A demigod. But... The other villain... The other characters, like... You know, Walter Peck. Or... The owner of the... The hotel. The... The owner of... Um... The the president of the university. The people in the restaurant. The common theme of villainy in the movie... Is... Um... Binks arrogance, pride, people who are just stuck up and look down on others. That was the theme of the first movie. And so both of them have this theme of how we we act towards one another. We start looking at other people like humans. The arrogance and caring and compassion is a theme in the first two movies. And... And you really didn't get that in the new one. And by the way, going back to the female thing, I'm should just i going to address this one moment. is It is true that the first and second movie did not have a lot of female characters. But to be fair, the first and second movie really didn't have a lot of characters in general. Major characters. And the two major female characters were positive roles. You know, Dana had to be a strong woman to be a character... That could put up with uh, Peter's BS. And Janine is also a strong female character. Because she has to put up with the BS of the entire Ghostbusters. Both of them are actually strong, well-written characters. They have personalities. And they are their own person. They're strong. Alright? So, they're definitely not portrayed in negative light. As men were in the new one. But... This new movie, like I said, the original movies were good movies. They're fun to watch, both of them are. The first movie, I would say, on a scale of one to five stars. On a personal level, I give a five stars because it's one of my five favorite movies of all time. But realistically it's probably maybe more of a four and a half. Still pretty good. Four and a half out of five. And it's a great movie. Very well written, good plot. Um, great charisma acting; they bounce off of each other so well. A lot of it's because they work together in real. Before they're real life friends, and that flowed over onto the screen. Uh, and it also helped that the writer, two of the actors, were also the writers. And so, it was a good movie. It was a fun movie to watch. And so, that's what I have for Ghostbusters. Uh, if you've never seen the original two in a while, go sit down and watch them. It's, it's October. It's Halloween's coming up. It'd be a great time to sit down and watch those movies. They're worth it. They're fun. Uh, so with that, I leave you. Um, I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and this is a recording of the Key Row Film Society, where we look at the worldviews of movies, and we did that with all three of them. And you heard even a little bit about Bible ta- about some scripture, um, especially referenced in the first one. And I'm going to tell you all these issues are biblical issues. Um, misandry and misogyny, so hatred of women and men or men, is anti-biblical. The idea that we're supposed to be loving, kind, compassionate, that we're to build one another up. You can find that in the Bible, I think in Galatians or Philippians. Paul talks about that. Uh, All of them are very Christian concerns. And so, again, I pray this is a blessing to you. And I'll come to you next week as I continue. We're going to continue doing this kind of thing where each episode kind of has a theme. And so I kind of do, I might do a, a franchise perspective like today where we overview the entire Ghostbusters franchise. We might overview an actor or a director or a writer, a composer, um, a genre, whatever, um, and I also have a list I might do I actually plan to do like a top hundred movies of all time, and so each week I'll go like these are so I'll do a week an episode, and this is episode, these are my top this is my hundredth to ninety fifth favorite movie or whatever, and one of those movies would be the review of the day things like that are going to come up but so um until then, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.